Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Type that into your app search, then download. Gresh and Fourier on W-E-E-I. We're a very tight-knit group, and I think it's it's obvious that a lot of people have kind of counted us out already. And I think that's dangerous when you have a, a very talented group. We know what we have in there, and I think... We're confident in that. We know what we can do. So, but at the end of the day, it's you know we got to show up and and prepare the way we need to, and play the way, perform the way we need to. So, we're going to talk about our goals and all that. But at the end of the day, it's it's time to uh, put them up. Put them up. Put them up. Put them up. Trevor Story is ready to fight for his team or his paycheck or. <laughs> Oh, he's just uh, ready to fight, I guess. Final well, hour, Gresham Fourier. That is Trevor's story yesterday, Fourier. Well, it's good to know that uh, somebody's ready to fight, right? Somebody is ready to kind of, I mean, you got to embrace the underdog mentality. You have to embrace, uh, you know, just, you know, all the criticism. and Didn't how they do that nobody, last year with they the did, whole, They did. Can you, you, you can't do it again. You can't do can it again. Be, can you keep playing the, I mean, I don't know. They have to sign Rodney Harrison to keep playing the underdog role. Although, then again, they really are the underdogs. It wouldn't be Rodney making yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah. No, he, that's, there's the face of your team right there. There's the spokesman for your team. The oldest, most distinguished, uh, big salary. Uh, not the highest paid guy, but the guy with uh, the most accomplishments. Right, guy, when you think about it. It's the guy who replaced Zanda. Mm. So, therefore. He'll be, he'll be your all-star representative. No, Trevor Story. Yep, second. Yep, uh, shortstop. Yep, he'll have. He's he's. Hold on, sorry. No, that'll be. He's that'll due be, for a bounce back. Oh, uh, here we go. Here it is. Uh, no, uh, it'll be Devers. There'll only be one. It'll be Devers. Insert he'll, random reliever here, Chris Martin for the All Star well, game. If those guys don't make it, then you're right, Nick. It'll be the uh, what Kenley made it last year. Yeah. Oh, interesting. You bring up Kenley Jansen because yesterday the Red Sox signed. Uh, closer, I guess, Liam Hendricks to a two-year $10 million deal. Now, he's not going to be able to join the team until August. Oh, yeah, crunch time. So there's, so there's one of two schools of thought. Liam Hendricks is here because he's a low-value add, high-reward guy, and you realize that in 2025 – and then there are those who are like, well, then that means you could wait until the deadline to be able to trade Kenley Jansen. Or the way I'm looking at it is, nah, you ain't going to need a closer very much. And whether it's Hendricks or Jansen, 
it doesn't really matter, quite honestly. I think he's going to go sooner than later. Here is what Ken Lee Jansen told Rob Bradford on the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast about uh, his frustrations. Definitely feel frustrated. You came here um, for two years that year one we're going to compete, but year two they're really going to go after it. But then, you know, I get it. A lot of changes in this organization, and um, they have different vision now, and we get it. It's a part of business, um, you know. But on the same time, I just, you know, I still have one more year left here. I'm going to get the fans the best that I have, and, you know, I always will dedicate on my on my craft of what I'm doing, and, you know, I want to be consistent. I want to do it great. I want to put up a show. So I'm going to, you know, give my best all the time when I step in that mount. But, um, yeah, it's definitely, you know, frustrated watching, you know, how things go. But, you know, it's not in our control. Mm-hmm. What is in our control is is to, you know, go out here and be the best leader I can be, the best voice I can be in the clubhouse and help the young guys and help myself and learn how to win ball games. I like him from just a overall, you know, player perspective. Nothing more than business to him is yeah. what it sounds like. Older guy. Hey, my money's kinda, guaranteed. Yeah. Fine. If we stink, whatever, ship me away. That'd yeah, be fine. Yeah, but think about it. So when High and Bloom signed him, it was probably like, listen, two-year deal. I'm making moves, baby. I'm making moves. I'm making it happen. Yep. I'm making, in, you sign with us. year two Yeah, I'm making it happen. Year da, two. Da, 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 da. So, we, so listen, we got to save for every. We got to save for year two. Core is down. Management, they gave me parameters, but it's the way to year. Right? So don't worry about it. You're my guy. <laughs> oh, boy. And then the uh, apple cart gets turned over. Yeah, and then there's new parameters. Hey, look. Um... I don't it, – it, it, Kenley Jansen would be nothing more than a rental. So if I'm a general manager on another team, I don't want to wait until June to go acquire the guy. If you're a good team and you need a closer or you want an upgrade, now, to me, now is the time to bust a move on trying to get Kenley Jansen. Why wouldn't you rent him for the whole year? Why tempt fate? I mean, heck, we went through a year two years ago where Red Sox might have had something had they had a closer. They didn't have a closer, hence the whole Lou freaking out on the open, you know, give me a GD closer and all that stuff. Didn't address that situation. There's got to be a team out there in baseball that is just waiting, and if you're Craig Breslow, let it go two to three weeks in spring training. Oh, my lat. My arm, my bicep, my tricep, my head, my ass, whatever. People get hurt, and the market will open up even that much more. And then that's where Craig Breslow really needs to be kind of evaluated on the fly here. Because I sense, Christian, a lot of us are just like, this team's not going to be good. You know, wake me when the season starts or something like that. But... This is where Craig Breslow is actually doing his job in terms of if you have an asset to sell, what are you then going to turn around and get for it? That's tangible ways that we can look at the GM right now and say, it's got nothing to do with winning and losing. It's got everything to do with your plan that, oh, by the way, you haven't exactly rolled out to us as fans yet. I don't know what to believe on the ownership end. I don't know what I'm supposed to sink my teeth into in terms of Craig Breslow and a plan or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Do I want to root for this team this year? I don't know. (laughs) 
Well, uh, if you if you don't like being manipulated, if you don't like being lied to, if you don't like the, being gaslit, if you don't like those things, then you're not going to like the Red Sox. Then you shouldn't and wouldn't and probably couldn't bring yourself to root for this team based on the message. I'll just go with the messaging alone. You'll find a, a player that you identify with that you like and you'll root for that guy. That's what everybody does. But I would think that the way the Red Sox ownership and management has handled this offseason, they have lost fans. You cannot help but be a little bit disgusted about how you've been used, led astray, lied to. Oh, that's what they've been doing. They, 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 they spent so much time during the offseason thinking and believing that you're just a stupid sheep. Right, and you'll just follow wherever the green monster goes. Well, yeah, we'll show up. I'll, I'll be there. All two point six oh, oh. million of us, balls. Yeah, are we, we gonna wear our city uniform like a, again? Like, like Goofy from freaking uh, Mickey Mouse? You know, he'll <laughs> you'll be there. But I think the thing that I've realized is that I think that the management ownership, they're right. They know what they're doing. They know that they can spin it any way they want. And you're not going to go anywhere. You'll still have your field trips here. They'll still sell out. They'll still make lots of money. They know what the advance they know already it. is. They yep. already know it. So you know. So now they're being honest. Now the truth is finally that there is parameters. There is a limit. That there isn't full throttle. Because full throttle. Correct me if I'm wrong. There is no limits. Full throttle. Uh, full feels speed like, ahead. Yep, exactly right. And if you missed it yesterday, here is Sam Kennedy talking about the box that Craig Breslow's been put in. We have set uh, parameters uh, for him, and he's operating under those parameters. Can we surmise that there is additional room from where you are now compared to the parameters that you've set? You know, I, I do not want to talk about specifics related to payroll or parameters because it, it does nothing to help us competitively. And look, I, I think the focus on, on spending is fair and reasonable given where we finished uh, the last couple of years. We understand there's frustration. Um, the best way to turn that frustration around is to go out and win baseball games um, and have the focus be on the team and, and our players versus where we're spending. Um, there's nothing that I can say or do at this point in the offseason that's going to make anybody feel uh, great about what's happened the last two years. So we've turned the page internally, and, and, and we're, we're moving on to 2024. It's there very, There's two things that are interesting in that. Number one is it's now about the two years. <laughs> they've added you a know, year. They've added a year. It's funny how that happened. Yeah, so it's about the two years to make sure we really fade the heat to Heim Bloom. And how is it a competitive disadvantage for the Red Sox to not talk about payroll and spending and stuff like that? What sort of competitive situation are the Boston Red Sox in in 2024 that would keep Sam Kennedy from answering the question that was posed to him about surmising and payroll and da da da, and he was like, well, you know, "It's a, you know, a competitive advantage or whatever." And da, da what one? How about if you're answering it honestly? It is, uh, yeah. There's no answer I can give the fans, so I'm not, I'm not going to answer it. 
The real, the real truth is you're not doing it for competitive reasons. You're doing it because there are a lot of fans who want to yell at you right now <laughs> is really what it is. And it's an easy, again, two years, oh, it's been bad. We'll fade that heat to the guy who's in St. Louis now. Well, you know, vis-a-vis the competitive advantages that other teams could get, da-da-da. just say there is no answer that is going to make people smile and happy. And you don't have one to give, so you're not going to give one. I mean, and again, John Henry was asked once again down at camp, do you want to talk? Do you have anything to say? Would you like to speak to the fans? And once again, the answer was no. So I just think, folks, we all know where we stand relative to to this particular owner. We collectively are not important enough for John Henry to get in front of a microphone and at least sort of explain his perspective on what is going on over there at Fenway. Just remember that. We don't matter enough for the real owner to sit there and tell us what is going on? It's got to go up. The, it's got to go down the ladder through a filter out of Sam Kennedy's mouth. And then we are to disseminate it and sort of react from there. That to me is the real insult that this owner does not feel compelled enough. Out of one hand, there are people in his organization saying 2.6 million of you will come through the turnstiles. Ba, 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 ba. And even if only 2 million of you are Red Sox fans, the owner is telling you, you, we, us, not important enough to talk to and to say, here's what's really going on and here are the decisions that I made. Because at the end of the day, who set the parameters? Uh, This is John Henry. Can you hear me? (laughs) Yeah, it's that guy. There's no way Sam Kennedy's setting the parameters. There's no way. Hell, Tom Werner and John Henry feel like they're on different wavelengths at times. I just think it's really insulting that this guy, how about that? Do a half-hour sit-down with one of your slap uh, friends at Nesson. Go sit with one of them that'll just be like, oh, yeah, it'll be great. Da-da-da. We'll put Lou in there. Lou will ask a real question. So you're saying Papelbon. Oh, that's right. There you go. Boy, that'd be... Imagine that discussion. Papelbon asking John Henry the tough questions of the day. You like Frosted Pop-Tarts, boss? <laughs> I like Frosted oh, What's your favorite flavor? I like Pop-Tarts. Huh. Huh. You, you icing or no icing? You allowed to have those anymore? Kind of old. <laughs> you probably eat cream of wheat. Too much sugar. My grandma used to eat cream of wheat. <laughs> it's the Pap Show. No, but seriously... Um, it's just, um, it's a slap to all of us. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. Download the Odyssey app and listen on demand anytime. Little statement on Matt Slater from uh, Robert Kraft at 125. Gresh and Fourier here with you. Jones and Mego coming up top of the hour. They got Rob Bradford coming up at uh, 430. We will circle back around to the Red Sox because uh, Rafi Devers threw an interpreter. We have uh, a little bit of that in as well. But uh, I know that we've been uh, talking a lot about Matthew Slater today. The Patriots did release Adrian Phillips and Lawrence Guy. And uh, old uh, Tommy Boy Ferentz announced his retirement as well. James Ferentz. Couldn't remember the name, so I just went with Tommy Boy down on the uh, down on the list. I think Tommy Boy was the OC Ferentz last year, making a bunch of money with the old man. But anyway, statement from uh, Robert Kraft on Matthew Slater's retirement. Matthew Slater wasn't just a special teams player for the Patriots. He was a special team player who helped us win three Super Bowls and made a positive impact on the many lives he touched, both on and off the field. On the field, his 10 Pro Bowl appearances will likely earn him a place in the Pro Football Hall of Fame one day alongside his father. Off the field, he'll be remembered for so much more. He's a role model, not just for young players, but for everyone. He's a man of integrity and high moral character. He's led by his faith and commitment to his family. There's no finer person than Matthew Slater. On behalf of the New England Patriots, I want to express our deepest gratitude to Matthew in partnership with his uh, wife, Sharzad. Hope I got that right. And the entire Slater family for his remarkable 16-year Patriots career. Matthew's dedication, leadership, and talent have been instrumental in our success. His impact extends far beyond the field. His character and commitment to our organization, his teammates, and the game of football are unparalleled. We are all better for knowing Matthew Slater. We'll miss his presence on the field. We look forward to celebrating his many future contributions and accomplishments. We know there will be many. Woo! Laying it yeah. on oh, thick boy, for the Hall of Fame, huh? One of the, oh, yeah, well, it starts now. Starts now. You got a ringing endorsement uh, from uh, Bill. You got obviously some crap. Where's Brady at? I'm sure Brady must have said something. Ooh, good He's question. Gotta have, there's got to be some. The uh, the Tom Brady Instagram might be cooking. You're, uh... Yeah, I know. The whole Instagram thing is uh, is lost on me. Oh, I forgot. Uh, the, you're, you're uh, I'm sure he said something. Well, let me uh, let me because there's no way that he would allow himself not because like all I know is that when he when Brady was here that first week. I know Slater and Brady were talking in the in in the tunnel for a while, and then that conversation went inside to the uh, to the building. 
Um, listen, they been, they played together for a long time. Um, so I'm sure he said something. You don't need to find it. No, they're uh, – oh, here we go. Really? I got it. Oh, okay. So on Brady's story right now, he put it up two years ago. Uh, or he put up two hours ago. Sorry. I was going to say, <laughs> wow, you no, no, knew no. that long ago. It was uh, it was uh, Brady and Slater. It looks like they're sitting right on the numbers at the 20-yard line, maybe on, on one of the turf fields or a practice field maybe. And it's those two guys sharing a laugh and a slap. And at the top it says, a true champion. And then the best teammate, an even better man. Congratulations on the perfect career. Yeah. I, I tell you what, I agree with that. You can't do it much better than him. But are you surprised at the amount of everyone who is uh, jumping in on the, oh, this guy's a Hall of Famer? I think it's natural. Bill kind of uh, threw that out there. So now everybody else is going to obviously jump to that. Like, yeah, I, I'm not surprised whatsoever. The campaign starts today. But wait a minute. But but Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick aren't allowed to think the same anymore. Well, this one's easy. That silo this has is, been knocked down, though. Are we still okay no, in all this? This one, this is a positive silo. Bills came out first no. and then Robert. So I, are we into the whole who's stealing from who here? Out of all the know. silos, I think this is the one you're leaving up. I can just oh, see it okay. with a big sledgehammer. You know, let's get this. Hold on. Wait a second. There's something about this one. Maybe we should keep this silo. That's Matthew's. Let's not oh, mess with it. Oh, that's Matthew silos. Got yes. it, yeah. Let's keep this one as an example of what to do. So it is interesting that there is that Hall of Fame run, and we've had callers like Chuck in New Hampshire who want to make the case that uh, Matt Slater is a Hall of Famer. Chuck, your regression for you. Hey, boys. Thanks for having me on. Love the show as always. Uh, so, Christian, you said earlier that you wanted somebody to help you make sense of it. So here's how I kind of look at it. Okay. I think in football, especially with the Hall of Fame, we have too much inter-football comparisons. Like you look at the offensive line, people are always going to value tackles more than guards and guards more than centers. And on the defense, the edge guys versus the interior guys, whether it's the line or linebackers. So I think we have to get away from some of that sort of outlook on the Hall of Fame because guys that get the ball are obviously going to be regarded so much higher than – the big guys. And I think beyond that, the special teams guys really get the you know short end of the stick. And when you look at it, I think we have to look at it like this kind of question. Did they play their position and their role better than anyone else has played their position or their role? And you can look at it in a few different ways. The accolades, Matthew Slater has 10 Pro Bowls. He has eight All-Pro honors. Uh, and then lastly, um, maybe look at people that he would have played up against. So guys who are covering the Gunners or guys like Devin Hester who are now in the Hall of Fame and returning, did they look at teams going, oh, okay, that's just a no-name rookie that's going to be the Gunner? Or did they look at it and go, oh, we're playing the Patriots. They got Slater. You know, and you think about it, there's two Gunners on each team, so 64 Gunners every week. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of teams that it's more of a revolving door. They're getting rookies, getting backup guys in there. How many guys could truly say, they were the gunner, you know, for 15 years, you know, and never lost that job. It is a so, Chuck. You know, you, you, you know what, brother? You took a swing at it, and uh, I, I kind of like it. He's at least out there trying to say, all right, well, maybe this is a start because this is definitely going to be, and why I appreciate Chuck taking a swing at it is this will be very much an imperfect exercise. And I think, Christian, some of the – 
some of the discussion in that room would land on, meaning the room in terms of those uh, 50, 52 people who are trying to figure out who gets nominated for the Hall of Fame and then ultimately put to a vote, is how do they in that room view the third phase of the game? Um, well, yeah, and, and just um, use an offensive lineman. Um, because a defensive lineman can create sacks, uh, tackles for loss, turnovers, all that stuff. An offensive lineman, there is no metric to really rely on as far as whether this tackle is better than the other one. Well, how many sacks has he given up? Well, how many good defensive linemen did he play against? You know, well, like, yeah, there's I a lot like say, of there's, context. So what years did you play? In? Yeah, you play it's, with, it's, you know, and did that. you guys ever pass? How much did you pass? Okay, and you know, so and that one is more of a. I test the uh, relate to the people who coached against him, played against some defense alignment who had to go against them. I played with Walter Jones. I, I played with Steve Hutchinson. Um, and Walter Jones, it was obvious that nobody was as better as this guy. It was everything I did on offense was easy when I worked with him, and nobody ever beat him, he, ever. He took camp off, showed up like three days before the first game, it's, and played like an all-pro. You know, like even like there's been like, – you know, so I think about like those types of guys and that I played against, and I'm like, well, it's easy. So, But, but they affected the game. They played – if you had 60 snaps, they were on 60 snaps. If you had – if you don't punt, if you're a really good offense and you're scoring – He's not even on the punt team. Well, and that's the that's the hard part of the the argument for the special teams guys because our, our guy who hates Belichick up in Maine in the 207 says, why shouldn't Slater get into the Hall of Fame? Because you ultimately look at what they did and say, how vital was it to success? Was Matthew Slater just the right guy at the right time to slide into the right role that while he was perfect for allowed him to have this massively long career. And here's one of the arguments against guys like Matt Slater. If someone over the next couple of years, like Brendan Schooler comes in and does that job and people start saying, Oh, he's Gerard Mayo's Matthew Slater. Usually hall of famers are not easily replaceable. And unfortunately for a guy like Slater, that's one of the things working against him in terms of an all-time narrative. Like, can you prove he's the greatest gunner of all time? No, there's almost no way of proving that. It's literally the eye of the beer holder in a situation like that. But if we said that Julian Edelman got all those reps that Matthew Slater would have had, would he have been just as impactful in that role because he was coached well on good teams, things like that? That's the hard part for Matt Slater is that there's no real seminal moment that you can point to and say, wow, without that play, we don't win a championship. And there also isn't the collection of plays there would be to draw from to be able to, even as the caller mentioned, make those kind of within-the-game comparisons. Because I think a lot of people just like, well, it was a good guy on a great team, and he went to the eight Pro Bowls or all pros. So, well, they had like the 207, why wouldn't he be in? 
pretty easy to argue for the reasons why Matthew Slater shouldn't be in. The hard part is going to be to make the case to 42 of 50 people why the guy should be in. If there was a standard that, okay, if, if okay, we're going to start identifying special teams players as Hall of Famers, then you need a standard. Somebody that at least, like, you know, that you can identify as, okay, if you can't do at least some of what this guy did, then you're not even, it's not even up for debate. So you take Matthew Slater's career, 16 years, Pro Bowl, all pros, championships, Super Bowls, you name it, block kick, blah, blah, blah. You, you, name, you list it all, you know, and then you kind of somehow talk to the coaches and you rate his effectiveness and you build like a whole scale for that. He rates at a 10 out of 10. All right, so there's your Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that even with that being said, like you would literally have to all willingly say, hey, we're going to start identifying special teamers. Because even though they are not vital to wins and losses, because I'll, I'll do the how many uh, touchdowns did he have? How many block kicks did he have? How many tackles? How many, how many times did he down the ball inside the 10? It doesn't mean like he's not a great player, but we need to start treating the Hall of Fame like it's the Hall of Fame. And I would also add like the other guys that, that are going to be going in possibly at the same time he is going in. How are you gonna how are you, how are you gonna step over those guys who literally played every single down and played when it mattered? Yeah, and play and, and, and like and, and literally, if you look at the, I was trying That's to hard. find a, I was trying to find a play chart, right? Because usually, you know, you'll say uh, offensive snaps. You know, usually the offensive lineman sixty out of sixty. You know, uh, quarterback sixty out of sixty, and then the, you know substitutions. You know, I got forty out of sixty. Whatever. If you're gonna list like the total amount of plays. And and then you can use kickoffs and kickoff returns, but you would have to identify them as zero if they kick the ball out of the back of the end zone because that's not really considered a play. So now you're literally just looking at punt and punt return. How many times did the other team punt? How many times did you have a punt return? Ten total plays? How many times did they kick it out of bounds? How many times did they kick it into the end zone? So just the ability, the opportunities to affect the play are just not nearly as significant as a, a guy that plays pr- predominantly on offense or defense. I was looking to see if I could find some uh, snap counts That's on, what I was looking on for uh, Pro Football Reference, and you know there there isn't. But I, I think one of the things that, again, for whatever it's worth, that does work for Matthew Slater is from 2011 on. I mean, he was really the special teams player of the decade. Um, Why don't we put long snappers in? Um, Holders. Well, because because they only do one thing. Matt Slater doesn't just only do one thing on special teams. I think it's pretty easy. Yeah, I was kind of. You were. I was. uh, That was a Fourier idea. Let me let me throw it on the wall, knowing that it uh, it didn't stick. Knowing that it uh, it it wasn't going to stick. I just feel like there's either you're for it and you think it's vital, or it isn't. Here's another thing to consider too with Slater that I think we might have a hard time sort of putting into into context. Um, twenty five career playoff games and um i'm looking to see like uh can you remember a play during those 25 we were like holy crap can you remember could you can you think of a uh a danny amendola moment a gronk moment a high tower moment can you think of a play 
from those 25 postseasons, we were like, holy crap, that sticks out. Yeah, down in the ball in the Super Bowl against Atlanta. Remember that? Okay, well, there's one. I, only, I don't remember I, it. I only made it up. Yeah, I don't remember. It could have so, ah, been it. I, I would have said, okay. Nick knew what I was doing. Yeah, I, have I no idea. Been like, yeah, I could have been. You almost got to be like, okay, a different one. I know, yeah, right? No, I was like, that's all what right. I was, that's what I was going for. I don't remember the, it. Was the, oh, move the goalpost on me or whatever. But uh, but there are not a lot of guys who, uh, when you start to parse through that, that's why I think for some of these special teams dudes, you're going you're gonna to have to get coaches in the room you really are you're gonna have to have people who can add a layer of context to all this like for example uh i was looking at uh, i just did a brief thing on what was it i did a uh, special teams players in the hall of fame right so part of the reason why devin hester got in was because he got 14 punt return touchdowns right and i still think there's a lot of nuance there as well lead stuff like that right like if you're down 31 6 and you rip one back to the house yeah oopie do he did what he did do one of the super bowl um it says bobby mitchell with five dion with three steve van buren with three herb adderley with two george mcafee with two mel renfro with two and rod woodson with two are the other hall of famers with multiple punt return touchdowns in their career hester had 14 so the guy closest to him is still nine away. And that was, is the kind of number that that a metric that it's like, wow, okay, that's something to sink your teeth into. But when you look at, you know, Jan Stenerud and Morton Anderson, Ray Guy is the only punter in the Hall of Fame. Really, Hester is the only true returner. Because if you look at yeah, I'm, I, and again, look, Ali Madsen or Gail Sayers, right? They did more. That mm-hmm. was a uh, that was a cherry on top of the Sunday yeah. for them in terms of the the careers they put together. But I will say this: <clears throat> the Patriots love debates like this because, and you and I were even talking in the off air show. There's not going to be statues at Gillette. Get that out of your head. Like, there's not going to be Bill at one end and Tom in the other and all that kind of stuff. Of course, stuff. on opposite ends. Oh, yeah. They can't be, be, they can't be the nope, same room anymore. Can't be anymore, no. <laughs> uh, they have a pay-to-enter Hall of Fame. Why would they put stuff outside the stadium? Listen, I, I, I'm with you, and I asked you, does Don Shula have a statue in there? And he does. It's, where? Outside Hard Rock Stadium, where one of the entrances, because they don't have no Hall of Fame. That's true. But Matthew Slater waltzes in when he's up. Yeah, definitely going in. And if they were to, again, say Slater makes to the Hall of Fame, you ain't building him a statue. You will. But for $10.99, you'll be able to go inside this place (laughs) and see it, or whatever it is down there. I don't even know for crying out loud. Are You Done is next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go. Gresh and Fourier. On WEEI.
Now, it's time for... Are you done? Are, are you done? Are you done? Are you done? You done, right? You done, right? Are you done? Are you done? On Crash and Fourier. Tomorrow, Andy Hart will be with us at 1220. No uh, current for us this week. So, uh, probably cross him off the list on Jones and Mego on a Thursday as well. Sean McDonough and Devin McCordia join the morning show tomorrow. Well, all right then. And uh, we will talk to uh, our guy, Andy Hart. There you go. Billy Lanny, are you done? Uh, I am not. And this is, uh, this is a little more towards you, Gresham. Ooh. Because you understand UFC, you know much better than I do. So last night on Monday Night Raw, Michael Chandler got his hands on a microphone. Yep. And called out Conor McGregor. That's right. So Conor McGregor, super recognizable, face of the, you know, even though he hasn't fought forever. Is Michael Chandler doing this because it's a, like a legitimate fight, or is he doing this to get relevant? And I understand the whole TKO UFC crossover yep. thing, and now we're going to have to deal with this stuff as a wrestling fan. But is Michael Chandler just calling McGregor out because he's a name, or is this like a legitimate fight? Oh, no, it is a legitimate fight. They were trying to get it done for UFC 300, and UFC 300 now has a very lackluster main event. Uh, Pereira against Hill for the light heavyweight title, I do believe it's going to be. A lot of people wanted McGregor and Chandler. Here's the thing about Michael Chandler, Billy. He was the Bellator champion. He's a guy who can talk. And as soon as they brought him into the UFC, he was right in the middle of the division. He was a contender right away. So, no, not a ham and egger, as the great Bobby Heenan would say. And this was the beginning of two guys. These are the two guys in in UFC, in Conor McGregor and Michael Chandler, who have WWE-level mic skills. You can put them in the ring. So they'll sell it well. <clears throat> yep. And that's this is the beginning of that. But I think, Billy, it's not going to happen until normally they have their international fight week. Does the UFC around the 4th of July? I think this fight is going to headline that one in July so that uh, everybody can uh, <clears throat> cycle through what they need to to be ready to fight. And it's funny because I saw this guy do this on Raw and. You know, you always say, like, look at the guy's ear. Would you mess with a guy whose ears look like that? And he's one of those guys. But look at the guy's, look at this guy's nose. <laughs> oh. That is definitely a guy you don't mess with. You see what this guy's nose looks like. Yeah, Michael Chandler is uh, not to be trifled with. And he's a guy who can fight at, you know, 155 or so. But he's a guy who can move. I don't know if he can move down much, but he can move up. But no, no, no. He's a badass. He, he legitimately might be Conor McGregor outright in the octagon. He's that good. I mean, when was the last time McGregor fought, though? Uh, it was a while like, ago. He fought after he broke his leg, no, right? I, I oh, don't know. I don't think he has. I was at that fight where he snapped his leg. Yeah, that was. I can't uh, remember. It seems like forever ago that he fought. No, it very much so. And he's gotten. All right, because he beefed up. Yeah, he's healthy. A lot, is of, that a lot the way? of big chicken, a lot yeah, of push ups. Fourier, is it when you had a guy who would come back uh, after a, an off season away and you were like, oh. He's, uh, you know, something was up. Well, but what would be the adjective you would use? Like I said, oh, he looks healthy. What oh, would be uh, the, like what would you lean? Is oh. Lean, lean work. I don't know. What does it look like when somebody, when you know they've either been on, like, can you tell if someone's been on the gas to lean out or to bulk up? Like, is your well, eye that trained? Oh, absolutely. Because I think oh, I say lean because HGH leans you out. A certain cocktail leans you out to the extreme level, and you're like, 
You're already, you were naturally lean. Now you're like bodybuilder day of competition lean, right? So, As opposed to the, the other big puffy guy that looks like they took too much creatine, but you didn't take that much creatine. McGregor's walking around right now at probably 180, 185. Do they allow, how much How much uh, freedom do uh, MMA fighters and UFC fighters as have? As long as you stay, as long as you don't test dirty in, in the testing. Is it one of those Six things? Six-month cycle where you're in the... Okay. Yeah, so it's one of those. It's like what they have kind of with boxers. Yeah. But as long as you make weight and you don't test dirty, whatever you did in between... It's don't like, care. Who cares? It's kind yeah. of like the NFL, right? You know, like, uh, uh, Julian, like Julian Edelman got busted... For whatever he was taking when he was rehabbing his knee at what thirty two years yeah. old, yeah, I'd sacrifice four games and do some needle or roids or whatever to get right to be able to earn more money. <laughs> and I, I think the MMA guys are pretty good at kind of playing it that way as well. But oh no, Billy, these guys—you give you give Chandler and McGregor a microphone—they're going to be pretty good. And how about this? Billy, you'd mentioned the whole like UFC Endeavor owning both UFC and WWE. They now just cut their first deal together. They cut a deal in Anaheim where they just had the UFC pay-per-view this weekend where old Volko got knocked out. He's got to see Ilya Toporia. Hmm. Just one one shot took him down. So here's a quick question about it. So obviously wrestling fans, they don't care if a UFC guy calls out another UFC guy. No. So what happens when there's a UFC event and then the wrestlers get involved in that? Depends like, on... Like, are UFC fans going to be like, all right, get this out of here? It depends on who it is. If they're putting, uh, you know... Uh, it, uh, uh, damn it! I'm trying to remember the if they're putting like the uh, the Vikings, you know, like that group in there, or you know, a bunch of jobbers. It, it, well, if it's like Rock, Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes, you know, those are big time stars. Gotcha. Like, yeah, I don't think uh, like because I don't think like you. I feel like UFC fans don't want that entertainment part of it leaking into their product. That's exactly right. It's one thing to go yep. from UFC to WWE to do those kind of showmanship stuff. Yep. But I feel like UFC audience be like, all right, get this out of here. Well, they just cut a deal, did uh, both companies, where they're going to start doing tandem events for a five-year period in Anaheim. So it'll be like a UFC pay-per-view in one part of the calendar year, and then a WWE maybe pay-per-view or big event uh, later. They're, they're getting it done. All right, Foyer has got to go oppo driving home once again. Yeah, got going oppo. Yep. Uh, that is it for us. Andy Hart will be with us tomorrow. Chicken, egg, and Billy produced it. If something went wrong, blame them. Coop is out, so whomever he trained for digital, Coop is still responsible. <laughs> Just know that. Coopage out in California. Uh, that's it for us. Foyer and I will see you tomorrow bright and early at 10 a.m. Jones and Mego are next. Thank you for listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. For a 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.